Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for the City podcast. I'm Justin. We're honored that you have taken time to gather together with us today. Hey, I'm joined in the studio with a very special guest. I'm here with my friend, John Thomas. Hey, (laughs) this is my first time doing this. Uh, I'm getting it figured out as we go, but thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You're going to do good, bro. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Well, I, I am glad that we're getting to do a podcast. Now, John, uh, John goes to the church here. He's done some other uh, work for us. You've done some healing schools stuff. You've got a powerful testimony. You need to go out and check out, um, let's see, gracecitychurch.tv or our YouTube channel. Look up gracecitychurch.tv on YouTube. Look up John Thomas's healing school he, he did. Powerful testimony. Uh, in fact, you and your wife, didn't, didn't Linda do one too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just absolutely amazing. Uh, check out their work there, but uh, this is the first time to have you in the podcast studio. Yeah, so we're we're glad about it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we were talking today, and John was sharing with me some things that the Lord was showing him, and I said, "Man, yeah, sounds good." So he's got his notes, and um, he's prepared for that. But uh, be on the lookout for John and his wife Linda. They're just God's using them, and uh, they minister regularly, and I think soon. Uh, you and I are going to be doing some tent meetings. Yes, sir. I thought I'd throw the, throw that out there because that's been on our heart. And yeah. uh, uh, we're coming to a city near you, Grace for This City. Uh, I was going to say Grace for This City tent, but yeah, it's not the podcast that's traveling. It's the anointing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. But I've done a tent before. John, you, you have two, haven't you? No, I've been involved with some tent ministry stuff, sort of uh, minimal, though. Okay. Well, we're going to. Yeah. It's fun. I've done it before, and I'm telling you, there's just something about it. It's it's unique to be out under the big top, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. John, I'm going to let you dive in here in just a second. But, uh, hey, I want to invite you uh, listeners to participate in a project we got going on. We have a uh, building here on, on our property that the Lord said, put some studios in. So if you enjoy the podcast, then this project, we're calling it the studio project, will enable us to just take it to the next level. But we can also add a couple more studios in there. Uh, one of the studios is kind of like a sit down interview style and, uh, you know, couch, chair type, a little more casual feel. Uh, that's one of the studios. The other studio set that's going to be in there would be an expanded podcast studio. If you're watching me now on our YouTube channel or on Facebook, you can see kind of the studio that we're working with here. We're able to make this space work. But over there, we'll have a little more room. I can do a few other things to the podcast studio that I think will take us a little bit further. And then the third studio set that's going to be over there is what we're calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University. Uh, Kind of want to start like a Bible school. We can sit down and do like a headshot style, but we can deliver not only the milk of the word, but have content all the way up to the meat of the word where we can take people along into the mature things. And so if you want to uh, participate in that, we just invite you to pray and see if the Lord would lead you to sow into that project. Help us build out that studio over there. You can go to our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give 
select the studio project in the drop down menu. And we thank you in advance for your consideration in that project. John, that studio is going to be amazing, man. Yeah, it is. I've seen the pictures of what it's planned to be. It's yeah, going to be cool. It's going to be cool. Yeah. We'll be able to just get this stuff out there. All right, brother. You've got some stuff stirring in you, man. Yeah. Why don't you just dive on in there? Take us into your topic today. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've been around some people, Christian people, that have had uh, other Christians basically trying to cast devils, demons, and evil spirits out of them. And I was confused on that for a while, too. You know, what is really going on? Because, boy, I'm born again. I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. On the inside of me, what does that really mean? And can I still be occupied by evil spirits? And there are Christians that think that that that's the case. Yes, Jesus commanded us to go out and cast out demons and said we'll do it. Gave gave us authority to do it. But I don't believe that that's the case for born-again Christians. Neither do I. And so since I've seen several people, especially some of my close friends, sort of have that happen to them and then deal with like, whoa, what just happened? Am I possessed by demons? Was I possessed by demons? Sure. You know, there's sort of some confusion. And then so I say, no, no, if you're if you're really truly born again, you're not possessed by demons. You can't right. be possessed by demons. You're literally sealed in by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you've become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So then the question is, okay, if we're really sealed in by the Holy Spirit and we can't be occupied by demons, then what really does happen? Mm-hmm. What access does the enemy have? And so this is sort of a teaching that Lord just been, he's been taking me through, so I've been learning on it, and I wanted to share it with people because I think it's really freeing um, to kind of find yeah. out, all right, how's the enemy really actually operating? And uh, we, as the born again, don't have to worry about actually being occupied by devils, demons, and evil spirits. We do have to worry about coming into agreements, Yeah, coming into, into agreements with the enemy. So this teaching is really two parts. One part is basically um, going through the scriptures that shows we are actually sealed in by the Holy yes. Spirit. Yeah. And then part two is going, okay, from there, what do those agreements look like? And uh, what I found in the Bible is that... Uh, I found a strong correlation to what the Bible teaches about flesh hooks. Yes. I like this. <laughs> well, yeah, and this is, and I'm glad actually, I'm thinking about it now. I'm glad we're kind of talking about this now because there's uh, several, well, there's two uh, movies that had come out recently and then a couple movements that are doing phenomenal things. But I know one of the uh, front guys for this particular movement was asked a question can a born-again believer be possessed by demons? And he said, yes. And so I think that, um, of course, I, I don't agree with that, but um, I think that has thrown a lot of people into unnecessary confusion. You know, and it causes people to second-guess the work of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. You know, I always go back to this, John, that what is the born-again believer? Well, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are gone. Behold, all things have become new. You've literally become the dwelling place of God himself. And he's not going to cohabitate. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there was an eviction, okay? Yes. If you were possessed before, of course, not everybody that's not born again isn't possessed, but surely many are. But if you were possessed and that demon's been driven out of you and you've been born again, like the entire inhabitable space of your spirit has been um, completely gutted and remodeled. Uh, God is not cohabitating with demon spirits in his own home. Yes. So, I mean, that's the short answer to the question. Can 
a born again, truly born again. And just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. That's right. Just like standing in the garage doesn't make you a car. But we're, we're talking about can a truly born again, marked, you're going to talk about being sealed by the Holy Ghost. Yep. Is the Holy Ghost putting a seal over uh, an inhabitable place where demons abide? No, is the short answer, John. <laughs> and so I love what you're adding to this because there is something that people are recognizing and, and experiencing, and you're going to dive into that. It's these access points or these flesh hooks that are brought on by or via agreement. So I just think this the the timing of this is Hallelujah, shalala, huh? It's, it's Holy Ghost, bro. All, all right, all right, sorry. No, that's good. Yeah, and for me, the reason I started looking into this was because of my own experiences with mm-hmm. addiction, right? with anger, um, just multiple things that, that were going on in me that uh, as a born-again believer I was dealing with. Okay, I know I'm born again, but why is this stuff able to still proliferate in my life? Yeah. Am I possessed? Am I possessed? What's really <laughs> going on? Because, um, you know, I shared in my uh, healing school, one of my healing schools, that I had an addiction to pornography. And since, we'll link that episode in the show notes. So, Since the time I was uh, eight years old, I found a bunch of magazines in a, a field behind my house, and yeah. instantly uh, flesh got hooked. You know, that flesh got hooked. Wow. And so what I discovered is uh, I would cry out to the Lord, Lord, I know you're the chain breaker. I know you're the chain breaker, but what is going on here? Because I'm having a hard time breaking these chains. Like, mm-hmm. I need you to do it. Well, he was faithful to do it once he got a hold of me to the point where I quit messing around with having one foot in the world and one foot wow. in the church. Wow. You know, for me, I really, I tell people, look, I was my own God. That was the issue. I called myself a Christian, but I still did what I wanted to do. I called Jesus Lord, but really I was the God of my own life. Wow. So really it took coming to a point where I was done with everything that I was doing on my own because the outcomes always stunk. Look, at some point you're going to get tired of getting the same outcome every time because you're doing it the same way, your way, the flesh way, every time. And I just got to that point, Lord, I'm done with this. i got to do it your way. I've got to make you the actual Lord of my life. I've got to make it so that when I go to make a decision from the time I get up in the morning to the time I go to bed, I go, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to do this? What does the Word of God say about how I'm supposed to handle this? And when I made that switch, look, Jesus, you are my Lord, and now I'll do it your way. Boom, those chains fell off. But what the Lord showed me after that, because I was dealing with rejection from my brother, he had broke off our relationship, and man, we were best friends for years, literally best friends. We'd talk on the phone every night, and uh, that relationship broke, and what the Lord showed me in a dream really is what started to have me look into this thing right here with flesh hooks that we'll talk about. I saw in my dream, I saw my brother being carted out in the enemy's Mm -hmm. camp on a wooden cart, like you'd see in the medieval medieval ages. He was carted out on this thing, and as I came up close to him, I could see inside of his spirit that he was for me. He did this little fist bump. I could see his spirit almost smile at me. John, I'm for you. I'm for what the Lord is doing in your life. I love you. I saw that come out of his spirit. But then what I saw instantly afterwards is all these like strings attached to his flesh in different points. And the enemy who had pushed him out on that cart basically started manipulating him like a puppet. And that agreement or um, love for me that I saw in his spirit faded away and the flesh 
basically took over and now the enemy was able to do what he wanted with them because of these access points, these agreements, what I call flesh hooks that were in him. So I had to go, Lord, what did you just show me? What did you just show me? Well, what he showed me is my brother is born again on his spirit on the inside. When you give your life to Jesus Christ and you become born again, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and joins itself with your spirit, becoming one. And that is a pure spirit. Like Justin said, all things made new, brand new being on the inside. That's that, what the Bible says. Yeah, that's brand new. Yeah. And that spirit I knew when my brother was for me, but something different was going on uh -huh. in the flesh. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't that he, he had demonic entities inside of him. I could see inside of him was pure. Yeah. His flesh was hooked and gave the enemy access to manipulate him. So then as I started looking into this, um, I'm just going to go through some verses. I see, okay, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, it says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel or good news of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him, with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. So like we talked about being sealed in, what does that really mean? It means two things in my mind. Number one, it means that we have a mark on us. That Holy Spirit is a literal mark that the Father and Jesus see. When they see that mark on us, they see our sin no more. So that's good news number one. Our friend Dean Braxton, when he got to heaven, First person he saw in heaven was Jesus Christ, and this is so simple that it almost just blows it blows people's boxes wide open. Yeah, well, it's it's so profound, but yet simple. Yeah, Jesus Christ looked at Dean, saw his Holy Spirit on the inside of him, and welcomed him in. Yeah, you know they didn't sit there and talk about what was your denomination. Let's go over the things right. you did or didn't do. You know <laughs> yeah. what. Thank you. Father. What what are your list of sins? And we need to see if you did enough good to make it in. No, that's not how it works. Dean had the Holy Spirit as a mark. Yes. Jesus Christ saw that Holy Spirit and said, you are welcomed in my son. And it was that yeah. simple. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, sorry. sorry. <laughs> John knows. He's wanting to say something. I love it. Uh, the Bible says that he we were given the Holy Ghost as a down payment or a guarantee. Yeah. So it definitely is. It's a it's it's a it's something he recognizes in these ones that are his. Mm -hmm. He knows they're his because the Holy Spirit has marked them, sealed them, yeah. present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. So good. We've yeah. overcomplicated this, John. Is what I'm. I mean, for sure. You're you are straightening out a lot of unnecessary complications with this teaching. Well, that's, I think, why Dean really likes to say when he, when he talks about all kinds of things that he saw in heaven, all kinds of things that he's discovered in the Word, you know, people will argue with him about an awful lot of it. And uh, he, just, he just boils that down real simply, too. Look, what you believe about all this other stuff does not get you in yeah. or keep you out. Only Gosh. Jesus does that. And that, so just, good, that just turns off the burner to a lot of people's arguments yeah. right there. Like, wow, you're right. It really is only about Jesus. And whether you believe it's his will to heal or not, that doesn't get you in or keep you out. Right. Whether you believe you can be possessed or not, that doesn't get you in or yeah. keep you out. It, yeah. Yeah. So it just, it really is so simple. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all you've got to do is believe in him. Make him your Lord and Savior. Go, you know what? I'm tired of doing it my own way. 
because most of us are tired of doing it our own way. And yeah. really, all we got to do is say, Lord, I believe that you came from the Father in heaven, that you died on that cross to save me from my sins. And I'm going to give my whole life to you now. I'm going to hit my knees and quit doing it my way. I'm going to do it your way. And the instant you do that, because he's not even listening to your words as much as seeing what goes on in your heart. If you, are, or if you in your heart are believing what you're saying, yes, I'm choosing Jesus. Holy Spirit comes in and makes you a brand new creation. Your destination now is heaven. Your destination for eternity is with the Father and Jesus in heaven. Come on, somebody. Woo! Don't delay, friends. Accept Jesus today. Hallelujah. That's all that gets you in. Yeah. Even agreeing with John today doesn't get you in or keep you out. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Uh, thank you, Lord. But he loves people so much. People don't realize how much he loves them that he was willing to lay down his life. And it wasn't that he laid down his life in a general fashion. He literally looked ahead through all eternity and he saw each one of you and he said, I love you enough to lay down my life for you. Because when he went to that cross, I really believe yeah. that he didn't die a general death. Mm. He literally died Justin's death. He yeah. died John's death. He died your death. Every death that happens on this earth, he mm. died that death on the cross Amen. to pay that price. And uh, that is an incredible kind of love. Yeah, yeah. I tell people, you know what, really, if you were the only person on this planet, he loves you so much, he would still choose to go to the cross for you. There's literally nothing you have ever done, could ever do, that would keep his love from you. He loves you that much. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's so good. So, sidetrack. But man, I like to talk no, about good. Jesus. Somebody's getting born again. Hallelujah. You've been waiting for somebody to just present it in a way that you could say yeah because maybe you, you're like i don't know how to say it or do it but john just presented it hallelujah don't delay take advantage of what jesus is offering you today hallelujah yeah so let's just pray too go ahead father, john father i just thank you for every thank heart you, lord. and mind that's watching for everybody that's going to come in contact with this lord um, for salvation, but also just to get free from the agreements with the enemy, to get free from addictions, right. to get free from anger, to get free from unforgiveness, to get free from all these things, Lord, that the enemy has come in to try to kill, steal, and destroy and brought us into agreement with. So, Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for going into each one with the power of your Holy Spirit to set them free from these agreements in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. So just like we talked about that the Holy Spirit is a seal or guarantee, like a mark, he's also a seal in terms of sealing us in. Literally, like if you were to seal in a vessel so you could, you know, like a submarine, when you do that mm -hmm. final weld, you seal it in so that it can go underwater right. and not get penetrated by anything. That's also what that word seal means. Mm -hmm. So literally when he's saying you are sealed by the Holy Spirit, it's not just a mark, but literally you are... Um, totally encapsulated with him so that nothing from the outside can get inside that spirit anymore, period. Period. God's been marking his people since way back in Genesis. We saw that when Cain killed Abel, God had declared a curse on him and uh, told him he was going to be a wanderer. 
Cain says, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, thou hast driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from thy face I shall be hidden. I shall be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and it will come about that whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord replied, Genesis 4, verse 15, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold, and the Lord appointed a sign or a mark for Cain, lest anyone finding him should slay him. So Cain got a mark. Some people say that it was actually a physical mark on his forehead that looked like a cross. I don't know what it was, but the Lord's saying, look, I've marked Cain, and uh, so you know he's not to be touched. Wow, interesting. In Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6, it says this, And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, even the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of men who sigh and groan over all the abominations which are being committed in its midst. Mm So the Lord's saying, those who have a heart like mine, who are seeing all these abominations and are groaning over it, put a mark on them that they are marked. Mm-hmm. And then he tells, tells them to the others, he said in my hearing, go through the city after him and strike. Do not let your eye have pity and do not spare. Utterly slay old men, young men, maidens, little children and women, but do not touch any man on whom is the mark. And you shall start from my sanctuary. So they started with the elders who were before the temple. That's one of the incredible things from Dean's testimony that I find very interesting, too. He said when he left this planet, went to be with Jesus and the Father in heaven, he said, faster than you could blink your eye, he said, I was there in heaven. Just like the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But in that going, he said he went through this place called outer darkness. And as he went through that outer darkness, he said it was the demonic realm. There were demons there. There was all kinds of demonic entities there. He could actually listen to them talking, heard some conversations. But he said this, because I had the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, they could not touch me. They couldn't touch me. They couldn't torment me. They had no authority over me, period. And so that just goes back to, again, that mark of the Holy Spirit really does wow. so much in terms of telling the enemy, no, yeah, no, you cannot touch this one. Mm-hmm. Keep it on. Revelation 7, 2 to 3. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God, and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels, to him who it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. So this business of placing a seal on his people is very important to the Lord, and we also see that when he seals us, uh, it is a strong protection, very strong protection. That passage right right there, yeah, you can definitely see see that there. Wow. Revelation 9.4, And they were told that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Wow. That's that's powerful. So the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. is a mark to us that we are not to be touched by the enemy. So if we're, uh, we're marked to not to be touched by the enemy, how does it happen that they can get to us? Well, uh, really, really it's these agreements that we're talking about. When, when the Lord created the earth, he gave man authority over it. And we don't really understand the authority that we have a lot of times 
the things that we say and the things that we come into agreement with are, are binding and powerful. I really believe that because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we have God himself, the Holy One of Heaven living on the inside of us, that when we speak, just like when he spoke in the very beginning and said, let there be light, mm -hmm. because all the authority that needed to come from that came out with it and light was created and it is still going and it's still expanding and it always will be, mm -hmm. that when we speak in that same manner because we speak, I should say when we speak, out of the Holy Spirit and not from the flesh, but when we when we sure. speak, that same authority and weight is carried with it. I really believe that when a believer, a born-again believer, speaks in accordance with the Word of God, it becomes law. It has mm -hmm. to become law. So the power of our agreements are so strong. Very strong. Very strong. And the devil no understands that and knows that well. You know, if you ever <clears throat> listen to any of John Ramirez's testimony, he, he's one example of many of these guys that are quite the evangelist now but have come out of like a life of living in the occult and stuff. Mm -hmm. He talks a lot about agreements. That's how he was able to progress further and further and further. And then, then they do these rituals and movements and motions, you know, that co, um, um, correspond with, they relate with like um, the, the agreements that are made. But that's how they were able to progress. I, and I've heard the testimony of several people that have lived life where they were encountering demons and was in the witchcraft and different things and that some of them have a little bit different language but it, at the end of the day it's all literally just an agreement or a contract an agreement they made that's how these demons and stuff have access in the people's lives in fact john ramirez says that um astral projection things like that 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 happens because somebody's working with a demon whether knowingly or unknowingly there's just agreements that are made this is why we would caution people to not just be so flippant with your words, you know, and people will say just off the wall stuff and they say, well, I didn't mean that. Well, the devil doesn't care if you meant it or not. You said it. And there's some legalities there yep. that give access to certain things. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, John Ramirez is one that I've heard where he's gone into detail, just, just talking about to progress. There were certain agreements that had to be made like contracts that had to be made that furthered his, access and the you know spiritual things or whatever yeah linda and i have a friend that grew up in witchcraft from the time she was uh, two or three years old like the earliest memories she ever has she could see in the spirit realm and so wow. she, before she actually came into witchcraft what she was seeing in the spirit realm is she would see uh basically a demon there with her parents and let's say the demon wanted the parent to get angry. So the demon would, would scream or do something in anger. And immediately she would see her parent come into agreement with that wow. and then scream and go yeah. into anger. Yeah. And yeah, fear, fear is, you know, all these things are spirits. Mm -hmm. Fear is one that um, the Lord has really showed me that was a spirit that I had for a long time. But yeah, so, clear, so clearly that it is a spirit that actually comes upon you. It's a demonic spirit that yeah. comes and says, hey, I want you to be afraid of this thing. And you go, ah, yep. And all of a sudden you feel yep. that spirit come upon you. Some some people, they they just took it. They agreed with it. Yep. That's what, that's what happened to me. A long story. But, yeah, I struggled with that a period of time. And the Lord just showed me that, you know, I didn't have to take it. But for whatever reason, 
I took it and agreed with it and it became quite a stronghold. Yeah. And then what's the solution? We go, okay, that was an agreement with the enemy. That's not in the word. What does the word say? The word says the Lord has not given you the spirit of fear. That's right. But a power of love and of a sound mind. So we take that over and anytime that spirit tries to come upon us of fear, we go, no. Yeah. That's not right. The Lord has not given me that. The Lord has not given me a spirit of fear and I will not come into wow. an agreement with that. And wow. it takes it takes some standing. It takes takes some standing to fight. These agreements, I like to liken them to fishing. When you're out when you're out yeah. fishing, you present this bait that whatever you think is gonna be the thing that's gonna get this fish to want to take this bait, right? <laughs> the, right. The right. power bait or the little minnow or whatever yeah. its favorite thing is it's the word. The temptation. The temptation, yep. And when you get it out in front of that fish and he goes, Yeah, I want to come into agreement with that and he bites, boom, you set the hook. Hook yeah. is set. And this is just like addiction. This is just like any spirit that you've come into agreement with, whether it's fear or whatever, because yeah. now that you've taken the bait, just like fishing, I can take that fishing pole. Now that I've hooked that fish, I can put it back mm -hmm. in the, the rod holder and I can go over here and grab my other rod and try to get another fish. Yeah. And then when it's time for me, seasons and cycles that the enemy works in, when it's time for that enemy to come back over and grab this fishing pole and go, no, nope, time for you to come back into agreement with fear. Time for you to come back into agreement with pornography, whatever right. it is. And people kind of jerks you around. People wow. that are, are in addiction, this is this you'll understand it because you just be going one direction. You think you're doing good. And all of yeah. a sudden, whoop, you know, en wow. enemy enemy whispers in your ear. You feel it coming on. And it's almost like you don't have a choice in the matter. Wow. Because you've because you've made that agreement, that hook is set. You got to go when the line pulls. And that's powerful. Wow. Powerful truth, John. But on the flip side, if you're a fisherman who loves the fish and you've had a spot where you've had great success for many years, what does the Bible say about resisting the devil? He says, if you resist mm -hmm. the devil, he will flee from you. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of a battle there because if somebody's had a spot that's been hot for years, hey, I've had a lot of agreements with this person. I've gotten them into anger, pornography, drugs, right, right. whatever it is. And man, it's been easy fishing. They're not going to give up that spot very easily. They're going to come back there and go, here's some bait. And yeah probably right in front of the camera sorry but <laughs> yeah well or they're gonna up the bait yeah you know yeah. what i mean mm -hmm. because no this this one this one belongs to me i've yeah. had it before i want it again yeah and so that's why it's so important to wow. resist the enemy and once you start realizing that these are agreements in spirits you can actually start feeling when they try to come upon sure. you like with that sure. spirit of fear yeah. and uh as you resist as you resist next thing you know you can clearly feel when it's trying to come on. And it's very important at those times you immediately go, okay, I've got to get in my word at this time. Mm, mm. I got to start reading my word. Cause you get into that word of God. It literally is bringing in an atmosphere of heaven and the enemy can't be there. The enemy's got to flee in the atmosphere of heaven. Yeah. 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 You, you're, you're not going to be able to entertain both fully. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Another good thing to do in those situations is, um, you know, some people aren't big readers, but if you put on the Word of God audio, sure, that's huge too. Yeah, you just get that word going. However, you can get it going, and if you can lock onto some truths, like, you know, for fear, you go, okay, what's the verse about fear? You go find that, and Lord has not given me the spirit of fear, and so whatever your temptations, whatever the bait mm -hmm. that the enemy has, the Lord's got something even better for you to hook onto in the Word. If you can come into agreement with wow. what He's got going on in the Word, then that'll nullify what the enemy's trying to do. Wow, wow. You know, John, I know, I just want to add this. You know, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, especially men, you know, they say, well, I'm just not, you know, big into reading or I don't read well. 
I was doing a men's meeting once, and on the way there, the Lord spoke something to me, and he said, tell them that it's less about the reading, more about the feeding. You know, there's there's a supernatural agency in that word, and I'm in total agreement about listening to it too, but, but, I'm, but I'm just saying to dispel some of this like, well, when I read it, I just don't understand it. Well, it's less about that because there's an agency in that word. Just get it in you, yeah. whether if you're reading it or you're listening to it. Uh, just get that word in you. It knows exactly what to do when it gets in your heart. And I'm telling you, something's going to start producing. Maybe you read and you say, well, I don't understand what I'm reading. Well, just keep reading. And soon the understanding will come because it's supernatural. It will produce fruit of itself. And you'll be coming back up and your wife or your kids or your coworkers or neighbors, brothers, your parents, whatever, they're going to be like, how'd you know that? Well, because that word got in there and produced something. So I'm a huge proponent to it. Yeah, listen to it, read it, get around it, stay around it. Even if you say right now, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's fine, but don't give up on it because you need that. Yeah, and what you'll find is even if you can pick up on one little thing, one tiny little thing, then the next time you go through and read it, the Holy Spirit will just add to Boom. it. And things will just start adding and building yeah. and next thing you know you're like wow i got an awful lot of they out just, of this just now. stick stick with it man yeah just stay with it yeah. Oh, hallelujah yeah i know we're getting short on time for yeah, this first we part. got like a minute left so what do you i just want to hit a couple verses here yeah. to wrap up this okay. thing of being sealed by the holy spirit matthew 27 65 to 66 Pilate said to them you have a guard go make as secure as you know how this is talking about sealing up the tomb where they laid Jesus. Make as secure, as secure as you know how, and they went and made the grave secure along with the guard. They set a seal on the stone, and that's that same word, steel. And so what we find here is, that, you know, they weren't worried about Jesus coming out. They were worried about someone coming in someone to coming steal in. him, take the body. They were, they were saying, we're sealing this, that same word, so that nobody can get in. And so just another reinforcement to wow. know that that Holy Spirit is a seal so that nobody can get in. Nothing's getting in. Oh, that's powerful, John. One last verse. This is Revelation 5, 1 through 5. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. And I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book in its seven seals. And so here we find that when God seals something, nobody's <laughs> opening it. Wow, John. Nobody. Wow. wow. Nobody's breaking that seal. Yeah. Jesus Christ is the only one. Yeah. Wow. That's secure. That's powerful. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, John, in this episode, we're out of time, but uh, tune in again. We're going to make this a part two. So tune in next week, pick up on this idea here. But John, thank you so much, man, for being here and bringing this word. It's powerful, bro. Oh, thank you for being, for inviting me. I'm honored. (laughs) And being your friend, you were trying to say, thank you for being my friend. That's right. That's right. Uh, Yeah. I uh, love you, bro. Hey, so this is um, a real privilege here. Listen, I know that you got something out of this today, and I know that you're thinking of somebody that needs to hear this message today because, like I said, a lot of there's a lot of movement right now. People, people are saying that born-again believers, you know, it's like, better watch out because you can be possessed. 
Uh, but listen, we need the trust and the power of the Holy Spirit on the end side. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, if you're clinging to him, he has clung to you and nothing's going to break that seal. Oh, Father, we just thank you for it. Listen, if we can help you in any way, it would be our honor to do so. One way that we can uh, help you is by coming into agreement with you in prayer. It'd be our honor to pray for you. We got prayer people standing by. If you want to reach out to us, you can call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. One of our prayer partners will call you back. Or you can send us an email to hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. And we'll get that out to our prayer team. Thank you so much, friends, for tuning in today. Join us again next week. We'll pick up on this thought. And until then, be blessed.